Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk animated shows and movies here. Find everything about us at OverlyAnimated.com. I am your host, Dylan Heisen, and today I'm joined by Delaney Stovall. Hey, y'all. And Alex Bonilla. Hello. Today we are talking uh, the somewhat recent Netflix animated series, Carol and the End of the World. That came out last month on Netflix. Um a uh, limited series and Netflix 45 times yeah which means they don't have any pressure of renewing it so they love that and uh drama comedy dramedy you know i don't know what would you guys say these words are meaningless i don't I, know yeah <laughs> i agree <laughs> well it's like uh there was a big thing about uh the bear being a comedy yeah stuff like that yeah, I don't Yeah, I just think notable that this is not like a straight comedy like you might expect for a show that looks like this or something, you know? Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. So um, we yeah came out last month, so been a little bit. We are going to be getting into everything from this uh, show, which I think we will probably be pretty positive on and is very unique. So I'd recommend checking it out. Over on Netflix, uh, we're going to be getting into spoilers for all of the series for Carol and the End of the World with an ampersand. And, and there uh, are there are spoilers, so if you haven't watched, yes. Do you want to do a spoiler-free first? What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I think we need to recommend the show to people. Okay, let's. Do, we can do a quick overall spoiler-free. Yeah, is it a spoiler that the world is going to end? I would say no, <laughs> based yeah. on the title. No. Yes, I'd say. Now, does it actually end? I guess that would be a spoiler. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that being said, Delaney, uh, high-level spoiler-free thoughts on Carol and the End of the World. So kind of like what Dylan was saying about you don't really expect a more serious show with this animation style. This is actually like a really interesting show, and I think it goes in some really interesting directions. Um, I really enjoy it, and there's not really anything else out there that's like this or has been you know you don't usually have a show that's about a middle-aged woman and she's like a pretty normal (laughs) middle-aged woman and you know and the main characters are not conventionally attractive and i think there's just a lot of like the show is just really interesting especially um the show had to have been developed during covid and you can kind of see that when you're watching it and then I think it also has a lot to say about um, as we face down climate disaster. So I think it's it's a really interesting show. And then also, despite the fact that it's about the end of the world, it's actually kind of a cozy show, which is kind of weird. Yeah, nice. We'll expand upon as well. I agree, though. Pretty, pretty. Oh, and what I told Dylan when Dylan was watching, it gets less depressing. <laughs> so you can watch it and you're going to be and if you're like really down. You, you you can take a break. It gets it gets less depressing. I promise. Yeah, I think uh, depending on your perspective, uh, probably probably does get less depressing. Um, nice though, Alex. What do you think? Uh, spoiler free about the show? Yeah, uh, this show came out in an interesting time because we've had like a couple of uh, adult animated drama shows come out uh, in recent times, like this comes around the same time as scavengers rain came out uh uh, fire on mars was also a couple uh in the summertime and like this feels like 
uh, it feels like a, a, a not a golden age, but like it's been nice to see more of these uh, animated series allowed to stretch their wings a little bit and not have to be full uh, on comedy uh, adult comedies. Um, I feel like of those three, um, Carol is the one that's spoken to me the most in terms of uh, using Delaney Delaney's words of like it, it is a cozy show. It's the most wholesome <laughs> of them, but also like it is treating these emotions. Um, like with the respect that they deserve. And I think that um, it, it is a perspective that you just don't see a lot of because the idea of like a, a story that takes place in the apocalypse, there's a lot of media about that. And I feel like th- th- this particular take on it uh, is not one you see that often. Um, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that a decent chunk of this takes place in like an office setting and there are a lot of office uh, bureaucracy type shows out there especially in animation <laughs> in the past like five years but i think that this one has uh, has also a different uh, a slightly different take on it than you would normally see from um shows that <laughs> from other anime a- animated shows that use the office setting so like it's it just it, it, it's using these very well-trodden um starting points and looking at them from a very different lens that, uh, than i'm used to and ones that like resonated with me a lot so uh, i was just like very surprised by how much uh, i i ended up enjoying it because i did come into it a, a little bit skeptical but uh i i, I would also heartily rec- recommend it because i i do think um it kind of got lost in the uh, in the holiday season and the yeah. fact that it has end of the world in the title it's like uh, i'm tired it, it, i i think um reasonably speaking a lot of people are tired of end of the world stories but i think that this show actually has a a a a a slight a slightly different take on it than you would think given the title up front nice yeah i love i actually love uh apocalypse uh, store-esque stories i seek them out and yeah i think this is so (laughs) so different from uh basically anything else it's kind of scenario for the apocalypse and most of all its perspective uh that it has on what's what's going on i i also really love the show um and i think most notably i love its perspective on kind of like general i don't know what i see is kind of the main theme of like uh feeling outside of normative behavior in society um and uh, i think definitely deeply relatable probably to many people from different uh from different aspects um and you know carol in general uh very relatable big mood uh in a lot of uh, aspects so relatable it's ridiculous and uh yeah, I just I just think um, it, it goes in a lot of interesting formats, type of episodes, and uh, maybe some interesting directions. But I think just most of all, just feeling like uh, a, a, a view of society that you might have feeling uh, heard by this show, I would say, is the main kind of cathartic aspect of it, to me at least. Um, and I agree, it's very unique. I, I also do feel like uh watching this i'm like how was this greenlit is the type of uh reaction i have which is an incredible compliment uh which i also thought during scavengers reign and pantheon so we have gotten some like really great adult uh animation um i'm very happy that these shows exist um 
And uh, yeah, maybe the show has even one of the most unique perspectives out of all of them. I'm glad it's animated. It's like the type of show that doesn't need to be animated, but I feel like adds a lot uh, because of that. Um, And uh, yeah, excited to talk more about some of the themes and uh, the the world from the titular world from from the show. So we're going to we all recommend it. We're going to put up a spoiler warning for all of the. Uh, season of Carol and the end of the world. Make sure you've seen it, then come back and stop listening if you don't. And do not want to be spoiled. Uh, so Delaney, any spoiler or more uh, in-depth aspects you wanted to talk about at the top here? Well, I guess I, something I did want to say was as someone who bounced off Tuka and Birdie, the show to me feels very similar, but more grounded than Tuka and Birdie. Not just in that, like everyone's actually human, but like uh, <laughs> conceptually. And I think the shows have very similar humor. Yeah, it's interesting. But yeah, that was that was kind of my big um, reaction when I first started watching it. Yeah, the the, sh- the show is that uh, I think Tuke and Birdie is in the uh, like it, uh, I was in the mold of the uh, BoJack Horseman, Rick and Morty's, where like it's trying to throw jokes to, like uh, every minute po- as possible. Whereas I I don't think Carol is really falling into that temptation for most of its uh, its runtime, and it, it allows itself. I mean, Tuke and Tuke had a, a not a lot of quiet moments, but I think Carol especially uh, it revels in like keeping things very muted yeah. for for a while. So um, that it, it's it's definitely a uh, a different speed of show compared to uh, most of the uh, adult animated comedies, even the great ones that are out there. Yeah, I, I would. Yeah, I would say this is, for me played mostly as a drama with with some jokes in there. You know, like uh, I didn't even particularly even like the more absurd concept type episodes i feel like they were much more serious than not yes um, at least no, i think me. a lot of the humor in the show is situational and not like actual lines it's just more like what you're watching is like absurd yeah um alex any more specifics you want to get into um i honestly just want to talk about carol's as a character because i i think that that's like one of the biggest draws to this show the idea of uh, focusing uh it it is it, it is a drama, but it's also a comedy. But focusing that kind of show around this very introverted older woman doesn't say a lot. Like it keeps her sentences very short and concise. To to focus a comedy around that kind of character is uh, is a turn that I don't think a lot of shows do because you can't you can't do the throw a joke every minute with that kind with that kind of a character. You have to make use of the elements uh, around her and you have to like fit the show to make sure that her personality stays consistent all the way through and just like i don't get to see those kind of characters in these kind of shows very often and that i am a very an introverted person who feels who feels like some want to make connections and yet i feel held back at times and so this is like a a very rare character that I see that aspect of myself in that doesn't get uh, shined very often. And so, so I just, I, I fell in love with, with Carol very quickly. And that's partially why in the second half of the show where like it starts to drift away from her, we get a lot more focus on the other characters. Well, there's still good moments in there. Uh, it, it definitely, I mean, as with like, every show that has like a, a charming main character when you go away from it, it's like, well, well, where, 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 where'd they go? <laughs> why, uh, we're spending a little too too much time away from why I first 
like this show in the first place. So like Carol is just such a uh, a fun uh, character to to follow her uh, her navigating this, uh, this this scenario and like see how how she ends up uh, bringing pe- people together um, without like really breaking too far away from uh, from where she started. Um, it was just a, a very cool uh, experience to, to to see that that happen over the course of the ten episodes. Nice, yeah, I, I would agree with uh, to a good point with her dr- the show drifting away from her in the second half. Um, and I guess the only pushback I'd have is that I think because we spend less time with her at the end, maybe the the end result feels a little bit less cathartic than it could have in terms of her journey and like where she ends up, you know, but it's still really nice. Um, and I, and I think it's, it's still really well done. Um, yeah. Delaney, anything else on Carol, the character? I, as someone who hates Applebee's, <laughs> I didn't expect you to start with that, uh, phrase. <laughs> I know. Um, what do you have against Applebee's? First of all, it just sucks. I it just, has terrible food. Like the, it's a, the it's, drinks are always. What about the quality. Shark Bowl? You guys know about the Shark Bowl? I've had a Shark Bowl, but not at Applebee's. <laughs> That's shocking. I, did it, did the show make you love Applebee's? A little, but then also it's just hilarious to me. And also, Applebee's is like a running joke in my family because like we all hate Applebee's except my brother who like really likes it. Like I went to when I went to New York City in high school, I was like, "Y'all, there's a two-story Applebee's," and my oh, parents no. were like, "What a did waste you, of space!" You did the Times Square at Applebee's. <laughs> <laughs> like I saw, I had to send a picture to my parents, and they were like, "Wow, what a waste of space!" <laughs> like, I, like that's like. So at, there's like this lore in my family with Applebee's, and then like for her to be obsessed with Applebee's, but then at the same time, like. I really connect to this, like, introverted, I think, kind of autistic-coded character where she, like, just goes and sits in the empty Applebee's. Yeah. It's just, like, she just like Alex was saying, like, she's just so relatable. And, like, the thing is that <laughs> it doesn't have to be an Applebee's, right? No, it's it just doesn't. Like, where it could be just, like, a corner cafe in a different show. But, like, the the idea of, like, having a safe space to retreat to, but also, like, there's bit, there's people you know around that are, like, just some, some semblance of routine. And that's, like, one of the themes of this show, right? But, like, there, it's not it, it's not a bad thing to have uh to to like feel like r- routine is something that anchors you and like makes you feel like you're you're living life like the, that's the, that that like keeps you going and like I mean, it, it gives really, you us you know it's like okay so like let's talk like you know covid hasn't left covid's not over but you know if we want to talk about like the first you know 2 years of covid and people are in their house and everyone's making bread <laughs> it kind of feels like that where everyone's like you know, everyone got really into their hobbies and this, 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 and you're just, and and then, but then also on the flip side, like, I bet people were missing Applebee's in COVID. Like, that sense of normalcy that's completely gone because the world's ending. Mm-hmm. Which I yeah. think that's also something I think this show does a really good job. I th- Honestly, this show feels really realistic to what would happen if this sort of apocalypse was occurring. <laughs> Yeah, to want to get into that for sure, um, and I have my own relation to this with with COVID. But uh, the uh, the care I definitely relate to Carol. But I also feel like it's a testament to like her character that I feel uh, like also would 
react very differently in this situation with a lot of things. And yet I still like relate to her emotions and the experiences. Like I definitely would not be wanting to go to go into an office uh, at the end of the world or pay bills. But Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think she conveys really like the, 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 the feelings behind all of this in, in that situation um, that we're talking about. Um, yeah, and that being said, what I definitely would also not be is the, what the show portrays as as most people in the world. Um, who the, I don't know, I think of them as the carpe diem people. The <laughs> fact that they keep yelling carpe diem is hilarious. Yeah. And then uh, they graffiti her car. Yes, that was good. Um, with the, the like, carpe diem on her car. And by the way, I, I love that at some point she just gets a motorcycle and then rides a motorcycle for the rest okay, of the show. Okay, so that's part of the re- like that the image of her riding the motorcycle. Like I've been waiting for this show to come out. I've been so excited because of the motorcycle. Because <laughs> like it just yes, because I was like, what is she doing? Like why is she on the motorcycle? <laughs> and then to find out, like the most of the time she's on the motorcycle, she's driving around looking for toner. Like what an incredible, magical thing! It's great. And by by the way, one aspect of the show I really love is the. Uh, very uh casual and uh but still significant buildup of like how this world works and like what's going on at the end um i feel like it's interspersed extremely well throughout the season i still have questions also like like, when you as she's starting to figure out the distraction like this like extremely ominous like when she opens the drawer and they've given her a gun oh yeah i forgot about that actually (laughs) Yeah, that's such a, an escalation and i feel like there is i mean there are jumps like that but like uh, for most of the show like things feel very low stakes it's like yes but like, like the first like three episodes you're like what is going on yeah then that one that one guy dies um <laughs> but but i guess that was fun oh right, and i also want to shout out donna and Luis. i feel like the once we get the donna is my them, favorite character yeah i really I love donna too donna. yeah and I also relate a lot to Donna, which we'll talk about. Um, but uh, I think that once we get the trio of them in episode three, I feel like the show hits a high point for me for a few episodes um, with the three yeah. of them. Um, but yeah, we could. I mean, we can bounce around. But I was talking about the Carpe Diem people. Um, that's definitely the aspect of Carol I relate the most to in all of these characters, them just not fitting into the kind of expected or normative behavior that everyone seems to have of needing to live your life to the fullest, which they identify by like traveling or doing specific hobbies and stuff. Um, But I agree that does feel very realistic as a, as a situation that would happen. Well, and that's kind of what has happened when we talk about um, like, we're not in a post COVID world, but talking about like post lockdown, which we didn't do anyway, but like the uh, revenge travel. Yeah, people feeling the need to go out and do something, finding meaning in that. Um, and I think that uh, the show kind of arguing that there's meaning in uh, more things than the typical type of activities that society would ascribe to, typical society would ascribe to having uh, meaning. And in fact, maybe those people doing the things like traveling over the world in a very empty way are actually less meaningful, you could argue the show is, is is trying to say i find well, all especially of... like the everyone lining up to like climb mount everest yeah or the fr- the friends came back from tibet clearly didn't get anything oh from my god that yeah. whole thing um clearly got a very touristy type of nonsense uh <laughs> i will say the translations are so funny yeah that was good 
you know, so I, 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 I find all this, this the feeling of, and I think there's many ways to apply this, but the feeling of not relating to the way everyone else is behaving. Yes. And also specifically like not being a person that will just so easily, um, because of, uh, it could be because of circumstance or because of you feel like who you are, but, uh, just n- not being like subscribing to the typical beha- societal behavior, um, in, me- in any aspect. Um, yeah. I-, I think this is uh, a very important, uh, type of feeling that, uh, I feel like is not spoken to by a lot of shows, you know? Right. Well, it's kind of like, well, there, I think there's a lot of shows that drill down to, you know, I'm trying how do I want to express it? Like, you're okay, like, the way you are, and, like, find other weirdos, and being weird is cool. Like, yeah, like true. Our House, for example, which is, you know, great message, good stuff. But then also, like, also what Alex was talking about, like, and I, I mean, I feel this way all the time, and um, especially, like, growing up, and even still now as an adult, like, there's kind of, like, a wall between, like, yourself and then, like, other people. And you're like, you don't really, un- you're like, and it's just very much outside looking in. And I don't think we get a lot of that in like the adult world of, you know, of animation and even, because even then, uh, even Carol has to kind of push a little, you know, to, to find Donna and Luis and, um, yeah, there's like another layer on top of it where first of all, it's like expressing how you're not you're not fitting into the people that are taking the typical action, but then it's like finding your own type of meaning within that lack of, yeah. And I think the show kind of shifts to that, which is really good too. Um, But I love that point of like, there are a lot of shows that are like, it's okay to be different and finding your found family among uh, your, your weirdo, your weirdos and stuff. But uh, yeah, but it's like beyond that, uh, the not, it's not just that you're like innately weird. It's like, okay, but I, is is it who I am or is it just that I don't want to like I don't want to like party go to parties on the weekend or like whatever expectation there is you know go to happy hour which ironically is what they do um, yeah and uh, you know fe- feeling uh, yeah just I, I it, it does feel a little different than just being like accepting being weird just like accepting not prescribing to the norm but also just like not being finding meaning in prescribing to the norm you know like because right. I, I think that's what's hard it's like oh i'd love to just go traveling and feel happy from that in the apocalypse but i just don't you know it's it's and I, um and all the ways in which the show hits on that especially early you know i think with her her parents um and by the way tons of people just naked randomly throughout the show <laughs> I think, I think should we have said that in the non-spoiler session? <laughs> I guess we should have. Maybe. Yeah. Well, I think that's also something that's funny is because you would expect something like that to just be a gag, but then it's not, and then other people are naked, so it kind of makes sense. Uh, yeah, it's like it's it, it's people. It's one of the ways in which you're finding meaning. It's like okay, I'm just gonna not wear clothes anymore. Like sure. Also, I mean, if you're really old, I mean, just do whatever you want. Like. <laughs> Yeah, old, people sh- can do that now, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, 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 those are, that's the demographic that nudist colonies are primarily. <laughs> you're right. You're is right. That, is that true? Is it for it super is, old people? It is. Yeah. How do, yeah. How do, why do we? Why do you both know? Why about do you this? know that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, look, look it up later. Uh, 
But uh, in, I do want to mention too, in terms of the uh, the show's um, portrayal of like the difference in how people find meaning. I, I think you you see that most clearly in the the fourth episode of her uh, of Carol's sister, because like there, it's like putting you front and center. Like these are two uh, very uh, opposed viewpoints that having to like meet each other in the middle somewhere. Like try one side has to figure is trying to like understand like why are you like this or but then I like and they eventually get there and there's a particular line um that I remember when uh, Elena is talking with her uh, uh Elena is being Carol's sister uh is talking with her friends in Spain and she like uh, calls out like Carol knows what she wants and like that I feel like is a very important line because I think it when you're initially watching this you could fall into the trap of being like carol is not really going out because she is depressed or she is like directionless right but like you do see through her actions like she is taking actions to get where she wants to go in terms of like i want to like find something that keeps me grounded i want to find friends i want to like make these connections and to and you see this throughout throughout the show and i think there like makes it clear in text like this carol is doing these things because like she finds meaning them and she's like actively working towards something even if it doesn't look that way to people who have a totally different view uh, view on how they make their lives um, uh, worth something that this this is what makes carol's life worth something to her and she's doing it and i i think that 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 was that's part of why that episode is very uh, powerful and one of the highlights in that, like it's making uh, very clear, like, but I, I think that it is, the show is not really judging either side. Like, I think that it shows all these people like going all out. And I don't think it's really like saying that's a bad thing with just, there are different paths to sell uh, to satisfaction here. Yeah. I, I think I would generally agree with that. Yeah. And, and I think it maybe needs to tilt a little in one direction to counteract the typical, you know, societal view. Um, but I think it's mostly not judgment. But I totally agree with that episode for and I think that was a great analysis of it. Um, and uh, personally, I just even more deeply than Carol in general, deeply related to this uh, sibling dynamic uh, portrayed in episode four. And I feel like that was me and my brother uh, so much. Um, and uh, just having the and with the parents too, just having like family that's like, feels like you need to behave or find meaning in certain aspects, specifically going out and traveling and doing things. And then you not feeling like that. And uh, that being a disconnect, and then the end of the episode being like she shouldn't meet Carol on her level and is nice that she kind of went and spent time with her instead of being in Spain. Yeah, I, I really loved all of that and how it was, how it was portrayed. Um, the uh, it's, it's the, the quickly with the parents since we were uh, with the in the throuple, which is a whole nother thing. But the 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 surfing thing with uh, Carol needing to lie and uh, and uh, presents. Her, the 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 fake story of her surfing um okay. in order for them to be okay with what she's doing because it fits into what they think of as acceptable behavior at this time in the world yeah i thought that was yeah. very effective communication and then they expound upon it in the surfing episode which i think we can get to later um to because <laughs> i want to discuss what was that episode uh, i'm not 100 percent sure but uh oh and i also wanted to say we're i'm talking generally in terms of like feeling in any situation feeling like you're not feeling outside of the 
what people think you should do. But I also think specifically the show going in on this notion that you need to go out and live some sort of uh, big, like, uh, grand, uh, showy life, traveling, partying. I think there's specific messages like, it's not like that's bad, but you don't need to do that. And I think that that's really good that the show is saying that specifically. Um, This is an example, and I don't have the full context, but I do want to quote it, cite it because it's a recent thing. But I saw a clip of the finale of Molly McGee um, and uh, kind of spoilers, but there's like there's like a section that's like, oh, uh, Scratch feels deeps regrets for not having gone out and done things and like traveled and stuff. And I feel like that's more of the typical perspective. And I'm sure there's validity in how that was portrayed and everything and i think there's validity in that messaging normally and in, in in people should still go out and do it like not not be hindered by anxieties and stuff but i i just adore this show taking the opposite route um specifically and like no you don't need to to go and uh do anything specifically to find meaning and this relates back to the the fa- the kind of loving love of the m- mundane aspect of the show it's like yes you can just live your life in some subdued or whatever uh, normal way that you feel is uh, meaningful to you. And that's okay too. And I think, I think, you know, the difference between the two is, you know, there's a difference between like, obviously it's a tragedy if you wanted to and were unable, but if you don't want to, (laughs) there's not something wrong with you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's not something wrong with you if you don't want to. Yeah, and I think that's really what the show, um, the Carol is um, really fighting against is that assumption that everyone needs to do this and experience this life-changing blah, 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 you know, the thing, you know, the stuff everyone says. Like, Carol has no interest in doing that. Yeah. Yeah, or or the feeling that, like, if you don't have that desire that there's something wrong with that. Right, exactly. Like, Like, or that somehow your world is smaller. Yes, I agree. And and it's like there's nothing wrong with finding meaning and going out and like paragliding and do whatever all these people are doing. But uh, I think the tragedy is that a lot of these people probably don't actually find meaning. They just find meaning in kind of following the expectation is, is at least my perspective on it. Um, and it's probably that, hard to separate. Like doing things is the only way to like experience or to come to find meaning. Yeah. And and I think it's bad. And I mean, I think that this imposing on people is bad. And I also just think having this expectation can be destructive in in situations like like uh, like a pandemic, which I guess I can quickly give my perspective on this. And it's unfortunately probably not going to be super relatable to many people listening. But um, I uh, basically I was like, I'm still in pandemic mode. COVID pandemic's not over in any way. And I'm still basically not doing many things. And uh, just the experience of uh of feeling like uh, seeing all these people around you going and doing things. It's not this exact situation in the show, but just like this normative behavior is encouraging people to not take necessary precautions. Um, and then you're sitting there like, what are like, what even are most people doing? Like, uh, like what, what it, like, what is the reality right now is basically my world. And uh, I felt, felt very seen in the, the ways that the show portrays that. Even, you know, even if it's not the exact same situation, there are people going out and doing things, but that's not like why it's wrong or anything. But just uh, just the notion of, you know, people, people's viewpoints and 
morals and things that might have been different shifting just because they they feel the need to fit into uh, what's normal behavior in society and seen as what they should be doing. Definitely feel like I've been living through that and been been living through that. Um, yeah, I, I, there's there's other other themes too, but I kind of wanted to go back to the apocalypse of it all because we we're kind of talking about people. Um, how people behave uh, in the apocalypse um, before. And also uh, this kind of like unique perspective on the apocalypse in that it's an, like this isn't post-apocalyptic. Like, right. It is, and it's like, it, I have I haven't seen this scenario. It's like, it's a known apocalypse that everyone knows the world's ending and no one and can like, do any, no one can do anything about it. And like, and we, and it's like, it's coming. It's just coming in seven months. Yeah. And first of all, I think people would try to like just shoot down the planet. Um, and there was none of that, which I guess would have been a distraction from what the show is talking about. Oh, or we skipped past the part where they already tried that. I think, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Which, which is, which is so fascinating. Like the action movie is like, oh, let's shoot this down, and this is like the acceptance period. This, uh, yeah, this show. Uh, but oh, you know, I mean, you could say many people aren't accepting since they're. Well, I mean, there are. No, they I are actually in their own kind way. of think the the show overall goes through all stages of grief. <laughs> I think, I think probably true. And probably true for different characters at different different times. Um, but yeah, just just the notion of like, yeah, everyone knows the world's ending. And which, by the way, I feel like uh, if this happens, I, I think we're trying to the government's trying to hide it from people. But what's but and this is a great reason the show is animated and stuff. It's like, do you see the planet at all times? It's like <laughs> looming. That's like yeah. such a unique thing. It's just physically looming there. No one can ignore it. And so that's why everyone has to. As such a as such a unique uh, apocalypse scenario, and then how it's port- how it's like specifically the society functions of you learn the military is running the grocery store. I guess. Um, <laughs> Sorry, the National Guard at Kroger. It's like <laughs> the, the guy like swiping the stuff. It was that was very funny. Yeah. And she's like asking him things about the groceries. It's so funny. Yeah, but, like, but then also that makes a lot of sense. Like. Yeah, I, and I agree. I think you know probably the uh, military is the only one who would have the and, like, structure there's no required to to still do this. No, no work anymore. No school. No school. And you kind of slowly see how certain things are running. Like we see the we and we drill into the cruise that they're going on, um, <laughs> which I guess is only running because the one captain wanted to, but then he doesn't want to. I do have questions like who's running the airlines. Um, Ooh, that's like a good question. Not super answered. Who is running the trains they're operating? Uh, You're asking good questions. Uh, I, I think that the, uh, they're showing Carol and this whole office finding meaning in work. And then maybe there are other groups like this out there in the world. That would be nice. Keeping, keeping the they trains really running. Because like, it's really like, oh, like, I'm being useful, you know? It's the army. It's the army. Or it's no, the army. <laughs> the army could be. But yeah, I, I feel like pilots would still have meaning, you know? Yeah. And something. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know about... Uh, flight attendants stuff like that i don't know i feel like isn't that like why people become flight attendants is so that they can go places yeah but now you can just go anywhere yeah but and the show also doesn't well, you really still get have to into, be on a plane yeah the show doesn't really get into the economics of anything class disparities if we don't really drill into that i think that would be a big factor here well um, and then it's kind of like everything's meaningless like you know so she has to go to kroger and like buy food but then um well actually i don't know if she actually pays for it but you know but then she has to break into office, like twenty five office depots, to get toner. Yeah, is she paying for the stuff that like the the guy's swiping it? So he's he's ringing it up. But yeah, is she I paying? 
Is how know. is money applied in the society? How, is there money like because you know the well, she was trying to pay that like loan and they're like you stop stop it. Oh yeah, the bank guys like stop paying us. Yeah. Well, and also I think in the uh, in the cruise uh, pirates scene that there is an allusion to the fact that money is no longer use useful, which mm-hmm. is why the pirates have changed their te- their objectives. They want to be on the cruise. Yeah. 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 True. Um, yeah. And and what what else from the world uh, appealed to you guys? Um, I will. Uh, I don't think this is world building exactly, but I mean, uh, at the just in general, the look of this show, like the the yeah. lighting and the 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 mu- the music being used, it's very. Uh, uh, it, it it contributed to the apocalyptic vibes. Um, I'm remembering in particular the the scene uh, where the, they're like helping the kid trick or treat, and you're going through all these like abandoned streets and houses, and like just yeah. everything going on in the background, just like very well done in terms of uh, setting the tone of like it's a neighborhood that's functioning but it is definitely very run down yeah. and like every all like the city scenes like her following the the office lady to uh, from the train into the into the office for the first time like that's also like a very just a very good looking scene um so i i think it's one of the, I think you mentioned at the beginning, like this could be a show that you could do that doesn't have to be animated, but like you would need a pretty good budget to make this in live action in with the with the amount of detail that they uh, they dedicate to just the look of this thing. Yeah, I agree. And I think I think my my what I thought of the animation at what my experience was at some point I realized the show was really good looking, but I didn't yes. know I didn't know really know it at first. And I think that's because the people are kind of purposefully ugly um, in yeah. this, the show's style. The, char- like, the I, character design is a little bit of a hurdle, I will admit. Right, but I think it's like intentional for for some reason. And then it's like, oh, actually, all the backgrounds and and the design of everything is actually really good. Well, it's color. like the scene of Kepler looming is gorgeous. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's like seriously, everything except for the people is really beautiful, and the people are beautiful in their own right. But I think I do think it's intentional because like Carol is supposed to be like not like overtly societally expected beautiful, right? And I think the all our characters kind of are, and so I think it's kind of supposed yes. to play into that. Um, uh, well, well, one one quick shout out to Carol's design. One thing I do like her eyes are kind of look like teardrops, so it just like helps like really set, settle the uh, like kind of sad uh, uh, impression at first uh, at first glance before you have to get to know her. But like it's just the eye shape in particular stood out to me. It's like oh, that's an interesting choice. Nice, yeah. Um, can we go, should we go back to the themes? I feel like there's a few other main, main ones we haven't talked about. Um, we definitely hit enough on the societally expected behavior. Um, any, anything else on like love of the mundane, Carol liking the routine? I did think we'd also talked about that a lot. It's just so relatable. And it's like, and like the want to reach for that during the apocalypse is like completely understandable. Uh, I, I think we can like use that to segue into the uh, way this show portrays um, the general office uh, workplace yes. as like it, it it's shot. I wouldn't say it's showing it at its most ideal because like it does get into things like executive meddlery and whatnot. But like at the same time, like it's showing the value that there is value to some people in that kind of uh, um, environment of like the, this is an accepted way for people to like slowly get to know each other and forge connections in a way that you could you can't do in the outside chaotic world <laughs> that is uh, outside these walls and that's uh, a thing 
I feel like a lot of office comedies are very cynical in how they view this. And I think to an extent rightfully so, because there's so much uh, nonsense that happens with bureaucracy. But like, it, it's interesting to see like the, the spotlight t- turned a little bit to be like, but like at the, at the individual level, at the worker level, there can be some wholesomeness that you can derive well, from well, this. Th- and they talk about it, you know, what they like doing. And I mean, you can, you know, kind of like the joys of this mundane work without the context of capitalism because society has collapsed. Like there's like they're just true. (laughs) That's true. And then also as someone with like I have OCD, like legitimate OCD, not, you know, when people are like, oh, blah, blah, blah. But like I just so deeply relate to this man who needs to find out why his numbers aren't adding up. And and, and, yeah. Two would spend. Like, I was like, "Why?" <laughs> he has to figure this out before he dies. You like, would, I, you would spurn an entire cult around you for like, figuring it was, out. Like, it's just so relatable. I don't even know if he knows the world's ending. Like, he just needs to figure this out. Yeah, like it's good. amazing. Like to me, that it's like I think that's like the great. Like because of this whole, you know, because we don't know what's going on yet, and you're trying to figure it out, and then to find out that it's literally just that is incredible. Yeah, uh, which we'll get into more. Yeah, the the the, the distraction, as they call it, the office. Um, like, perfectly I think, on the nose <laughs> name for a place. Which, like, I agree with the show, but it's it's interesting that some of the people call it the distraction, who are like are the ones being like HR well, lady calls it well, the distraction. I like, think, you are the, the distracted. Well, that's what what I think is funny is I legitimately think, like, that's how the people coming in perceive it. And that's how they, they, you know, that's what they're doing. But the guy does not care. <laughs> that one guy, yeah. Yeah, he's like, he's just... Everyone, like, out. feels, accepts the appeal of what the guy is doing. But yeah, he, he started it. Um, I also feel like, yeah, it's it's commentary on office stuff. and But I feel like, like, a controlled setting. I feel like that's related to, like, the mundanity of it. Just, like, yes. the, the enjoyment of this controlled setting. Maybe similar to, like... You know what pod- to expect. Maybe, maybe, like, a podcast. Getting on a podcast and going through an outline. Yeah. Um, it has its appeal to me versus the uncontrolled social situations uh but try, uh, try to get in a, into a conversation at your kroger's about carol and the end of the world see yeah. how that goes <laughs> yeah that's true. that is true with the guy scanning the stuff uh it's so funny yeah the office setting and then the, the carol at some i think when we get to i guess it starts at episode three with her, her forming the connections with donna and louise and then in five, her learning the names. And then we end up in 10, where she's created this s- sentimental office it. culture. She ruins the emotionless distraction as HR okay. Lady investigates. Um, and I guess that's maybe the, the last main theme that I see um, to get into being uh, the like not shielding yourself against attachment, um, whatever, you know, the, the speech that K- Kathleen goes on at the end um, is. Uh, it's seen as a good thing, I think, where we end up with them. Why Delaney probably said it wasn't depressing at the end because they're kind of happy in their own world, even if it also causes grief. Letting yourself feel, even if it causes pain. Um, well, it's like, which, and it seems like people are like kind of ignoring it. Like, we're going to do all this stuff, and all of that's kind of a distraction, too. Yeah. Which is which is interesting, and the only, and one of the only reasons why, and and the, you know, the 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 people are not. Uh, they not they're no longer like sealing themselves against uh 
emotion once they learn each form these connections and stuff um so so it's like okay going to the distraction was like unhealthy in some extent because you're shielding yourself but then i also feel like the people on the outside are also shielding themselves from attachment you know like like i think maybe the show is trying to say that too like people doing all these things that's their own distraction um and they're really not forming these connections themselves they're probably a lot of them are pretty empty connections just traveling to random places with these like the the tibet stuff pretty empty in its own right so i don't know did carol find the most meaning of it all through this well i mean when you think about it it's a very much it's like a microcosm of life you know why do any of it if it's all just going to end but then you know these things are meaningful even though we're all going to die. In this case, it just happened, it's going to happen sooner rather than later. Yeah, is is I mean it's interesting that a show that starts off with like paying like liking paying bills is valid ends up like with uh actually the most valid thing of it all is forming connections with other people. <laughs> um and uh you know, I don't think it's is I don't know, I didn't see it as like what we're saying at the end overriding anything else. I think it's just like also this is the journey they went on and found meaning in this right as well, you know? And then, and also presumably she was lacking this when everything was normal because people generally are selfish and just do their own thing. Yeah. But I, I, I kind of wasn't expecting this journey, you know? And I do yeah. think part of it is like, we're kind of following up on something in episode five and episode 10, and there's just like random episodes in between. Um, like I was kind of saying before, but uh, it's it still does it's it still does is a through line I think throughout the episode, including episode six, which I do think is a really good one. Um, but uh, with the holidays, uh, but uh, yeah, the and how about how about the ending on this theme? Because I think it's kind of the thematic uh, through line of the ending. We we they're they're at the Applebee's, um, which I do like contrast to Carol sitting at the Applebee's alone in episode one. They're all together at this Applebee's at the end. This is nice, they say, and then we kind of see the planet be closer than ever, and then that's kind of it. Yeah. Well, there's also, we see that that, uh, HR director has left the report on the desk for the management to see. So, uh, and there's, and also there's like discordant music that's getting louder and louder as all this is happening until the abrupt cut to credits. So like, I, 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 I understand if you you see this ending as like fair as like relatively wholesome given the overall themes, but I will say when I saw, I was like, oh, ew, I I don't feel good about where this is going. <laughs> like, are they gonna fire this. Carol? Like, yeah, like, are they firing Carol? Are they like ending the is the HR director go, going off? And also like, um, th- I, was, also I like, thought the whole time the HR director was gonna commit suicide. That's what I thought was gonna happen. <laughs> Oh, no. oh, okay. So if you're going with that expectation, then the <laughs> ending's great. <laughs> uh, uh, but but yeah, I, I thought the 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 choices being made and ending were like purposely like doing it so like you wouldn't you'd feel like a little bit like on, on edge, like you wouldn't know exactly uh, how to feel one way or the other with the, everything going on. But um, it, it it was definitely a lot thrown in there <laughs> at the end, which made like the cut to credits so like. Wait, that's it? That's where it goes? That's where it ends? On the one hand, I want more, but then on the other end, you know what happens. Yeah, they all die at some point. Um, And it's it's not clear when that that is. Um, And I agree it's kind of uh, 
you don't know how to what how to feel ending in terms of hr lady i my read on it i don't think any of this really matters i don't think the the show the show is saying it really matters but my read on it was hr lady was converted um yes. and but she just can't commit fully so she's still riding the train on alone but her report would have said that like carol's great or something you know i feel like she would have included that mm. Well, I don't think it really that, or it was going to be like, or she was going to like, or she was going to take the blame or something. Yeah, or she would have lied and said actually, like Carol's like a this ideal worker, you know. Um, by the way, side note, my favorite character is the managers in the show. <laughs> <laughs> They're great. I love the managers, the twin, the twins. I don't think we ever see how they get to the office in that episode. No. Which is which, really which kind of makes it better. Like I, there's, there's the mythical. Man. I think they just like, grew out of the ground. I assume they were not actually management. They're just random guys that came in. Yeah, it's, I think so. That would be the uh, the assumption because like everyone left except the guy. Yeah. The thing that sticks out to me about them, it, it's so jarring in that last episode where they start cursing the HR director. Yes, like up until that point, they've been very like milk toast. Like there, they just like amp up the 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 aggression. It like felt so. An- another thing that made that final episode feel so like on edge for me. When yes, I, I agree. When I rewatched the like last ten minutes, I was dying at them uh, cursing and to to her. I thought it's, it's very funny, but it is. It, it, you know, I think you can have both reactions. I probably did a different one the first time. Um, I think they're so funny. I also think uh, HR lady MVP at the end of the show. I think Absolutely. she's so good. I no, I just her narrating and then her having fun at Applebee's is so funny. <laughs> like I ultimately do wish that the final episode was Carol perspective and not HR lady perspective. I agree with the, this kind of criticism that's brought up earlier, but she's really great. And it was a good, it was a very good episode. Um, and she's very funny. Uh, yeah. a- a- accurately portraying how karaoke sounds to other people. <laughs> oh, her singing karaoke was it. great. <laughs> it was so funny. She got bingo. Um, it, oh, it was yeah. A lot of that good was stuff. my favorite. She like was like, this is terrible. And then she got bingo. And she was like, the best <laughs> That transformed you. Bingo, yeah. Bingo, another good mundane one to throw in. By the way, I think Applebee's is just like the, they're saying it's like the most boring restaurant. That's yes. why it's chosen. Yeah. It's so funny. Like, it's just, it's so good. Yeah. Ch- toss up TGI Friday's Chili's. I feel like Applebee's probably the better choice. I think Chili's has been memefied, so that's why you can't do Chili's. <laughs> I think Applebee's is memeified. Does Olive Garden fit into this? Or is that too high scale? No, you're right. <laughs> no, I, think I can't believe you just referred fit. to Olive Garden as high scale. I wouldn't say so. Now, Red Lobster, that's a different story. Mm. Uh, Red Lobster be pricey. But they have the biscuits. <laughs> the biscuits. The biscuits, though. <laughs> no, what, also, what does Applebee's have? At least Chili's has the fajitas. Uh, they, have the what does have? they have the dollarita that they make in buckets. That's what, I, that's what I Applebee's guess, has. Yeah. Also, that's should... what, oh, and the reason my brother goes to Applebee's is the wings. And I'm like, okay. Really? Yeah, okay, sure. Wow. I think uh, she made an apple teeny at some point. I don't know if that's oh, an good. Applebee's thing. Um, okay, also, how about that? Okay, that's also, this is also a commentary on Applebee's that, like, any people off the street could just go in and run the Applebee's. Yeah, <laughs> this is true. There's nothing special about it. To be fair, that's how restaurants work. Like, we just, like, people just work there, but... Uh, what a deep uh, statement. That's how restaurants work. People just work there. I mean, that's true. <laughs> that's the title. <laughs> yeah, if we we're going to title the podcast, that would be the title. Uh, okay. The I mean, we'll title the podcast just if we're going to title it with it's a It's going to be Applebee's. Can Applebee's talk, the show. Yeah. Can we talk more about Donna and Luis? How about that? People I love Donna so much. And then Donna <laughs> being like, okay, my favorite thing about Donna. 
Yes. And it's just so, so real is her being like, why are you like, she was like, I'm going to kill you. Like, why are you being so creepy? Like Carol, stop looking at me. (laughs) Like what's in the, what's in the bread, Carol? Yeah. (laughs) The banana bread. Pretty iconic. Carol's like, like fantasizing about Donna being her best friend, which she does end up being, but like, it's just so funny because Donna's like, you're being weird. Like, yeah, I, I really, I really liked that. I, I, I think episode three might be my favorite episode. Uh, it's it's the most, really good. Most normal one, at least of the and normal Luis episodes. And Luis is like just a straight up weirdo. He's L- he's L- such L- a sweetheart. L- L- yes. Luis is my favorite. Of, of, <laughs> I mean, he's three. great. Uh, as a fellow queer Hispanic, I have no choice but to stay. No, I was like, I mean, <laughs> yes. you have to. Like, it's completely like. I do like when they and a cat anyway. person. He he, he, uh, he he really has fun with that little kitty at one point, and I was like, "Oh, this is me." <laughs> the beetle, the beetle, beetle brooch. <laughs> which I can't. I, okay, I should have looked for it. <laughs> I no. assume he wasn't actually wearing. No, it, no but... he was not wearing it. That's really <laughs> funny. Like it's literally like they're like I've worn it all the time, and everyone's like, "I don't know what you're like." It's such a funny gag. Like it's so good. Yeah, that is really good. Um, I, yeah, I think they're both great. Uh, and then it's, I didn't expect it to be like a little trio team type of show. You know, yeah. I don't know if I was yeah. expecting that. I do think we could have done more with Luis. Like, I think Donna gets more. Yeah. Exploration. I, yeah, I think so. I think there's nice moments. He calls his mom at some point. Yeah, I'm having a party. Like, gee, yes, I'm still gay. That part made me laugh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also, right before the, the thing where he has to exchange drugs to, for his cake. It was just. Yes. For some reason, that in particular really got me. <laughs> like, okay, this is a good gag. <laughs> That's good. Nice. Forgot about that one. Um, with, uh, I, yeah, I like, I think we're talking about episode six. I think that that might be my favorite of the more high concept episodes, um, which I get because mm-hmm. it features our characters, but it's, it's like the, the, and this is another aspect of world building I was going to, world building I was going to bring up earlier is people just be celebrating holidays at random times, um, since they won't have, uh, they won't get to that point of getting to it again. Yeah. So I really, I like that the Donna, Donna's family and, and different holidays too. Yeah. Like one's doing time, Christmas, yeah. one's doing Thanksgiving. Like it's all over the place. Yeah. Which also, fe- that feels right. You just do your favorite holiday whenever. Just because it's in this episode, my favorite gag is the weird. So when Carol's drunk and there's the kid who's been trick or treating and she goes to her neighbor and he's like the tin man. And then she sees, <laughs> they open the door and it's another guy, but he's painted gold. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was like, I like lost it. Yeah. Was he the tin man or is he just the guy, the guy who's in silver on the street though? The guy who's in gold was the guy, right? The, the street performer guy. I don't, I just, I think, no, I think I he just remember. wanted to be spray painted. Like, I don't think, yeah, he, yeah, I yeah. think he was just like some guy. That was, that was, I agree, that was a funny moment. Yeah, I think my favorite stuff with Donna is with her family in, in episode six. Um, and, uh, like, just just the feeling of uh, that, realizing Donna could, has a family she could be with instead of, like, pr- living alone and going into the office. Yeah. Um, but it's, like, it's it just feels too late. It feels like you, yeah. could, you missed it. Yeah. I thought that was very uh, poignant to me. And, you know, and all the stuff she missed when they were growing up. Yeah, it, like, because she missed all the stuff growing up, it doesn't feel like she can be in their lives 100% of the time now. Yeah. But then, like, also, like, she, you know, she did so much for them. Like, I mean, she was, it was just her. Yeah, and it wasn't her fault that she missed all this, yeah. So, I, I really liked all that with, with Donna's family. And I feel like that explains who she, informed who she was a lot as a character. Like, a good late add to 
a character who was already really good before him. And then also uh, the nail gag. So tell me, tell me the nail gag. I'm forgetting. So she, so that was her business. She ran an. Oh, she did. Yeah, yeah. And she lists all her designs. All her stuff. Like, yeah. Forty five minutes. And and though this is another thing that's great that you could really only do in animation is like as she's talking about them all, they all appear on screen. Yeah, that's good. I agree. Um, how about the other? Let's go through all the other high concept episodes. Well. Um, or, or do you want to talk about uh, other characters that we haven't mentioned? The Thruple. What do we think of uh, the, the the joke of uh, Carol's parents jo- well, here's joining the a thing, Thruple like, with their nurse? It's a joke, but then they take it very seriously, which I applaud this show for. It's it's one of those things where it feels like it's a gag that they but chose to to treat serious. That they like after yeah. the fact said, "Okay, actually, we'll incorporate this into the well, show." Like, Probably it was gag pr- is that they're naked. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it feels like it's like, oh, they, they're they in a throuple with their nurse at the end of the world. Aha. But then it's like a legitimate plot point in the show. Probably they planned it out, but it feels that way, which I think is means it was really well written. Um, I, th- I feel like the nurse could have been more of a character if we wanted to, to try to Also, he ruined their more. cruise. All of this was his fault. Why, why, why was it his Because fault? he was gi- giving uh, um, um, heartfelt advice to oh, the captain to the... <laughs> about then, living your then, life. And then when the captain's rowing away, he's like, good for him. And I'm like, you're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is true. Um, I will say uh, the thrup, the uh, Carol's family uh, is probably the week like that of the plot lines that we kept coming back to. That was probably my weakest part of the what? show. Like I, I don't pirates took over this cruise ship. It's so funny. Yeah, I wasn't feeling any of that. I'm sorry. That's valid. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think it was. I think it was fine. I, I think they should have done more with the cruise ship stuff. But uh, yeah, I feel like once they're on the cruise ship, I, you know, nothing that happens after was super vital. To, but it was, it was fine. But uh, we, we could. For done. me, it was the fact that they followed up. Like I just thought they were just writing them out of the show. But no, yeah, egg, no, I, I agree. That's like the joke. Yeah, they're like gone. But no, actually, we're on this cruise, and we're gonna do this whole saga with the captain. Um, I think that's and we have to throw in Somalian pirates because that's the thing to do. When Those are the sea. only pirates. We have yeah. Somalian pirates, including I feel like the lead pirate looked like the guy from the movie. Is yes, that... he did. He absolutely so did. So my biggest criticism was that I was just waiting the entire episode for yes. them to say, I'm the captain now. Yes. <laughs> and he just never says it. He never did. And it's so distracting. Like you should have just gotten it over with. If you're gonna make the that guy is, the I guy from the that movie. That is what I disliked the most about it was like they're they're like, okay, we're gonna do Somali pirates. And I'm like, okay. But then also Somali pirates do not attack cruise ships. <laughs> yeah. I I think they ultimately went in a meaningful direction with it, like with their reaction to the end of world the world. Like and... I think yeah, I think doing it where it's like, well, money's useless and we just wanna have fun on the cruise, like that's va- that's valid and hilarious. But, like, I do think if they hadn't made the lead guy look like the guy from the movie, it would have been better. Uh, yeah, interesting. Well, while we're at it, of the, the show referencing movies, the uh, whole uh, um, uh, Stephen and Eric uh, Carr episode, that's just a goofy movie. You're right. Oh, my God. You're right. <laughs> I can't comment on this. I haven't seen it recently enough. But uh... <laughs> oh my God. I'm just I can't get over this. He's right. So that's the same episode. That's episode eight with the the cruise ship and Stephen and Eric. Yeah, they they just had a okay. movie night when they were writing. This I episode. do not care about Eric. <laughs> 
But what I, about I'm Steven? With, Steven's great. Like, I'm okay with Steven. Yeah. I, my favorite part is just that Yum Yulak's voice actor has to be every teenager now. Um, <laughs> and thing from Adventure Time. Uh, yes. But, uh, it's, I, I, yeah, so did we need to follow up with Eric? Um, the show would, because it follows up with everything. I just, like, I... Like, now that I... Like, I don't, like... Eric seems like maybe they were going to do more with him or something. Like, he's, like... I think what we did with him in eight, again, it's like the same thing with bringing the pirates in. Like what we did was meaningful. And like we got, yeah. there was a point like we, they'd had a, a commentary on these people in this situation. And I do think Eric is like in many ways a very relatable person. I mean, I mean, um, of course, well, he gets really depressed after um, Carol is like, you're crazy. Please yeah. back up. Yeah. But it, it just feels like Eric, lots of shows are about Eric's, you know, I think it's that's kind of, yeah. It is still meaningful what they did. I would say overall, if we're going to say the show a little bit lost sight of it, what it had going in the second half, I think the biggest offenders are episodes eight and nine. Um, so this this eight one we're talking about, even though I enjoyed it with the Stephen and Eric and then the cruise ship and then nine with the Carol surfing saga, which I want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. What was this episode? Did you enjoy it? I, I will say, even though I'm criticizing it, I did enjoy it. So I'm not saying it's bad or anything. Um, I, I just thought it was hilarious. Um, so I just, it was, I was just like, it's cause I, I figured the episode was her telling all of this to her parents. Yeah. Alex, what do you think? Um, so I, I went looking around for any explanation on this <laughs> and I did find this interview from Dan Guterman, the okay. showrunner who said, that's one of the episodes where it's like, we're out on a little bit of a limb with it because there's nothing explained. All of a sudden there's a fantasy episode in the middle of the season. I'm hoping people will understand and enjoy it and appreciate it for what it is. This sort of curveball left field episode near the end of the season. I don't really understand it. <laughs> like, it, it, it is a fantasy episode. Like, it's just basically like, hey, we, we set this up early on that she, you know, lied about surfing. And we'll, like, come back to, well, what, like, let's do this alternate universe thing. Um, I think, and, like, while watching it for the, for the first time, like, I couldn't, like, turn off my brain of, like, none of this is happening. None of this yeah. is, like, oh, relevant to the story. That. As soon and like, as the episode started, I was like, this isn't <laughs> real. And then I just let the episode happen. Yeah, I, I I wasn't able to turn off my brain on that. I think also, like, this is the most Carol dialogue of any yes, episode. And, like, yes. it, felt, it felt weird to have her talk this much <laughs> based on what we had seen up to that point in the show. So, like, uh, I, I think that there's good bits in it but like uh yeah th- this is uh this is just a weird watching experience for it's like to like a n- i almost a totally different show <laughs> i really um, respect that in the interview he's just like we just wanted to do this random episode why not yeah i like, respect that a lot i i, I get you want to like you know experiment and like the, as as seen in the second half of the of the season but uh yeah that that like the the back to back of eight to nine like it's like wow we're, we're really spending a lot of time away from the um, the setup story we had going on. Well, especially because, like, I think episode seven is one of the best episodes, and then to go into eight and nine. Yeah, and well, seven's great, and it does largely not feature 
that it's it's somewhat features Carol and the gang, but a lot yeah. of it's not about them. It's like but beginning it, but it, to drift away. Yeah. It's beginning to yeah, but it feels very meaningful because we get the back. We ultimately get the backstory for the distraction. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I so I, I'll give my read on nine, but I think ultimately, like I like what eight and nine are doing. I think they're both really well done, meaningful, yeah. fun episodes. It's just the experience of like, okay, done with seven. We got the the sto- We got the backstory. Now I want to see how this is going to end. There's three episodes left. Netflix now is like, you have three episodes left. Like we can't. Yeah. There's three episodes left. Okay, eight's not about them at all. Nine features Carol, but it's not really about them at all. And then you start ten, and it's like, here's an HR lady perspective episode. Oh, we're not actually going to get this big ending with our characters. That's like, I think the the bad experience. And so I think they're individually really good episodes, but the combination, um, yeah, feels like a letdown to the season. Yeah, I do think. So if we knew we were getting a season two, we, I, we could forgive nine. Yeah, but it's a limited series, Delaney, remember? Yeah, I know. Whatever that means. Yeah, it means no season two. <laughs> That's what it means. If, if, but if they somehow decided they wanted it, they would just do it. So it doesn't really mean anything. Yeah, I mean, I I did like, I do like Nine because I think it's, it's just a funny episode. Well, here, okay, here's my read. This is, the, Nine is the, the, it's the platonic ideal of what Carol's life would be if she was a carpe diem person. Yes. Oh. So it's like if Carol was not like this, this is who she would be if, if this is who she's pretending to be, basically what Delaney said. And I just think it's more commentary on like the absurdity of following the herd to try to find meaning in your life. But so I, I, I like it because it cements that theme, the, like what I talked about is the number one theme of the show. Yeah. So I, I just I think we did that a lot earlier in the season. So it didn't feel super necessary, you know. I just think it's just more evidence about how gay Carol is. In in what regard? <laughs> Carol's just gay, like she's in love with Donna, and then like made up Missy is like three other women who surf. Like she's just gay. That's that's an interesting read on that uh, a surfing thruple quintuple. Whatever. Also, surfing yeah. is a gay activity. Shout out to that uh, Italian lover he, uh, she slept with in the middle of that. <laughs> <laughs> that was also like I enjoyed that she just threw that in there. <laughs> uh, how, yeah, anything more on? Uh, seven with the the there's the golden harvest foods company and yeah would you just the the one guy i I like that the guy wasn't even really a focus of the show he's just a little bit there in the background um i just love episodes like this i just like that it was like these random objects and then yeah full backstory like i just love stuff like that and i was also like predicted this would be one of dylan's favorite episodes and i was correct yeah, but, and I think it got there in the end. I love vignettes. I, I think the first half was a little bit too random with the vignettes. So I was like not feeling it a little bit in the beginning, but I think it got there for me. The, there's the one uh, vignette of uh, Louise dance, uh, ice dancing to I Will yes. Survive. Doesn't really add anything to his character, <laughs> but like it was nice to look at. It was <laughs> uh, just a, great. Applause to, um, I, I think I saw Maya, Peter, Maya Peterson storyboarded that sequence. Good, good, good job. <laughs> Uh, it was nice to watch. So it's just so funny. And then at the end, he, that guy, just has their little wooden pegs, and he has the brooch. Yes. Yeah, I forgot about that too. Yeah, that was just that was thrown in there. Um, yeah, favorite episodes. I do. I mean, se- uh, yeah, seven ultimately. But uh, I feel like my night oh, biggest favorites are four with the, the sister, and I said three with the establishing the trio. And I also think six with the holidays. Those are those are my my ones. What about you guys? So uh, also, I wanted to establish that I knew that four would be Dylan's favorite. Yes, that that was a very yeah that was the better call. You know, I knew like 
No, I would texted Dylan. I was like, you need to watch Carol. And when you're done, I'll tell you the two episodes that are going to be your favorites. And I was right. Um, my about, what are your favorites, though? My favorites are three. Uh, three is really good. I also really like three because it's um, that it's as someone who used to work 12 hour shifts uh, days and nights, which makes you deranged the like this never ending office shift where they just keep talking and then you become best friends is just so relatable and it's just it's just what happens so i really enjoyed that and then also like just getting all of them together nice i also seven is i i really enjoyed seven and then i act 10 is actually one of my favorites i really enjoyed the finale yeah me too and i love hr lady alex what about you yeah, my, my two favorites are, are episode four, especially on second watch. I, I think first watch, I, I liked it, but on second watch, I like really appreciated what it was doing. And episode 10, I think that the, the, the like the reason I would recommend this strongly is because like it does end on a really good note to like it wrap yeah. it. Like, as we like talk through the themes, like it all like comes together in that final episode. So it's able to recover from the, the episodes eight and nine, like drifting because like 10, like, pulls you back in all the way really effectively so like uh, i think that this is one of the better series finale I mean, oh, if it's a series finale this is one, yeah. of, the, one of the better yeah. ones you'll see like yeah, based on what it's built up lacking anything like i'm yeah. like oh, yeah yeah over and like obviously i want more but i'm also okay that there's not more yeah did we were we okay with it ending there not actually seeing what's them closer to the end you know yeah, I, I think it's the the uh, platonic uh, the platonic ideal of a, sh- uh, a quote unquote limited series where like there is definitely room to explore further if you want to, but if it just ends up being this, this was a, a, a great uh, a great enclosed uh, story and like, and, it, like it, and we know how it ends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm fine with I'm I'm fine with this how it ends. I think the only thing is like you see the countdown clock on the show like every yes. episode. Yeah. And it like never, and it you know never makes it past four yeah. months, so it's a little bit like uh, give us more. But, You're holding yeah. it back. It's just like I need to see it. Hits. If you're gonna give me a countdown, I I, I it needs to hit one, yeah. or else I'm gonna it, feel. Yeah, bad. it needs to be like last day. Like, come on. Yeah, well, but, I will say like with those uh, titles that kept com- coming up, I didn't really feel the passage of time that much. Like it, it very well. Like without you could have taken those titles out and just been like, "This is all happening continuously," and I wouldn't have really noticed the difference. That's fair. I, I think I agree with that. Yeah, it was it was like kind of shocking when it was a little bit longer of a period that passed by. Um, uh, I do want to say number five is also when she learns everyone's names and they like take David's body everywhere. Um, I also really like that episode, but it's like more like a runner-up episode. If that makes sense. Yeah, and also a shout out to the first two episodes, also very good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that that, pi- that pilot episode is a is a great intro to this whole world. Like it, it gets you in very quickly, especially into like getting a sense of who Carol is and why you can like root for her very very quickly. Then, I mean, her going to all the office depots and then like stealing the toner. <laughs> yeah, there is a, at gunpoint takes the toner. It's so funny. Oh, yeah, I was like, oh, I forgot about the gun. But how could I forget when she threatens with it, you know? And then she threatens Steven. And Steven's like, oh, my God. <laughs> but then that's poor, also poor like, Steven. yeah, don't, why? I forgot Steven was there, too. Okay. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, maybe. And, yeah, they kind of led up to, like, because someone was following her and it was Steven. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And it's also, yeah, your dad shouldn't have attached to, like, this random crazy lady because, like, she's crazy. Yeah. And it's and also a good funny because she's, like, apologizing the whole time. Yeah. The, yeah, that's true. Um, and, of course, my favorite gag that they do all the time is, like, this guy doesn't speak and he's like, holy shit. Yeah, no, that's that's a com- that's a common one, but that it worked pretty well there. <laughs> like classic. Nice. Let me let me see what we haven't talked about yet. Um, um one but... like minor detail since we brought up uh, episode five with the with the um D- David's body and the funerals and stuff. They they go to the Uncle Charlie funeral. Uh, I like try tried to zoom in on the like memorial thing they had and i think i read that he the uncle charlie died in 2002 so does this take place in 2002 yes. no this does no so um that's something i think they i don't know if they i thought they didn't they established that like i thought this show took place in the in the in, like in like in the 90s okay okay yeah, I, I, I was like thinking like there's not that many time indicators in this uh, in this show. Like you have uh, Elena using a, a, vid- a uh, the portable video camera yeah. to film things, and that's kind of the only like major piece of technology you really like pay attention to. Even the and comp- like the office computers are like you know generically old, yeah. but like they could exist in the 2010s. I thought, I thought there was something in the first episode or they're going they aren't they there's like a calendar i thought oh there might be and i just didn't see it but yeah i just thought like oh like that's kind of it doesn't really impact the story at all but it's just interesting to choose 2002 (laughs) no that's what i thought was interesting about the show is that it's set in the past yeah yeah, I think I also either noticed the same thing as Alex or something else. And I, at some point, I was like, oh, I guess it takes place in the early or mid 2000s. But it also doesn't really matter to what's going on. Yeah, and no, I don't think they, the I don't think they need you to know it. Yeah, I, maybe yeah. I wonder if they just said it earlier so that they didn't have to deal with cell phones. Um, I don't know if we have cell phones at any point, but it would change a lot of apocalypse dynamic things. I think as people would be filming TikToks and stuff. I don't know if we want to get into that. Oh, my God. Apocalypse TikToks. Uh, that is interesting. Um, I do think in I terms think part of part of it was like an aesthetic choice. Yeah, probably true. I, I I think in terms of like what there was maybe room for more of, we could have delved more into the world. I feel like um, we pretty we pretty much hone in on the distraction. Like I would have liked to do more. Like obviously they weren't major characters, but like when um, the scientist and the one guy are hanging out in that big. Oh game, yeah, I, I don't even remember when that was. That it was, was one of the vignettes, right? Yeah. Okay. For, yeah, yeah. So I thought that would, I thought that would have been cool, like to explore, like one of the scientists or something. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think in episode one, you like get the the TV montage of establishing the world through all the programs, and it definitely feels like we get more world building early on, and then we kind of hold where we are, um, which which is fine. You know, overall, you know, I think it, it definitely feels like I don't know if this is true. It feels like they wrote the first five episodes and then later, you know, wrote the last yeah, five episodes. Maybe. No, I don't know if it's true, but it really it, feels like it that. definitely feels different. Yeah. That being said, there's great stuff in the last five episodes, you know, great stuff. Just uh, not, I guess, overall, the most cohesive 
show in the end when we start bouncing around, which is which is fine. I don't think this needs to be the the number one cohesive. Yeah, I think so. I would have preferred like yeah more stuff with Carol or Louise. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, no, no, Louise definitely got like shafted. I mean, he was the third in the trio. Don also didn't get too much stuff other than I don't know. I just felt Christmas like what we stuff. got with Donna was just more than what we got with Louise. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, we we could have done more. I think we had Don and Lisa in six. We could have had them maybe in eight or something instead of there. But like instead of hanging out with Eric. Yeah, I do think there's good stuff there though. So any any other things coming to mind that we didn't talk about? What happened to her car? I don't remember. I, the battery died and the Applebee's and they said get out and then oh, she yeah. just never retrieved it. Oh, Is that okay. it? Yeah, I think I, so. It's because I just rewatched episode one today. I don't remember if they followed up on it. Okay, no, because she was just using the motorcycle and they like bitched her out about it. They were like, you've been using the motorcycle. Yeah, it's, it's like, oh, did they even know that she took the, also, the company it's so car? Funny that that's the company vehicle. <laughs> yeah, that was very good. And they're like, oh, actually, we did notice, and it's in your HR report at the end. That was very good, yeah. Alex, anything else we've been talked about? Uh, yeah, with the with the Eric episode, um, that trail mitts looked nasty. Like that <laughs> I, was the most unappealing uh, food sequence I've. I'm ever not seen. eating anything out of a garbage bag. I'm not <laughs> it. I don't even have a problem with the garbage bag part. It's just it's, all it's the, the actual ingredient mitts was terrible. <laughs> I'm interested. I'll just say I'll, I'm I interested in weird trail there mixes. There was a point where I was like, "This it, is okay," and then it went off. Yeah, no, it went it went too far. I agree, but at some point, yeah, just in general, an extensive trail mix, you know. Yeah, I like the concept, and then we went for comedic effect yes. very large. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think. Uh, I think we hit the big things. Any other random gags? I mean, I didn't write to, Apparently, there's a lot of vignettes I thought I forgot about. So there's probably some stuff there we haven't talked about. I, my favorite vignette is um, the coffee guy and his scarf. Oh, yeah. Oh, poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, and he brings the coffee. Was that okay? When, when was that set in time? Do you want to get into that? What do you mean? Like, is he still delivering coffee? Is this, is this, uh, I forget. I think, is it, I get... That's a good question. I think so. Yeah, I think he gives Carol a coffee. Oh, it does? Okay. Yeah, so it is post, is post-distraction. Yes, no, because he shows up, but it's, it's a day off. Okay. There you and go. Carol complains. She's like, oh, it's Saturday. Well, and also, like, he's having to jump into the cafes and make the coffees himself because yes. there are, yes. there's nobody running the cafes mm-hmm. anymore, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, gotta say, can't relate to the not wanting to go into work on to like the it being a weekend and wanting to work and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. not that's not well, right. they cut twice to this uh lady who's like about to set fire to the, to the lobby <laughs> because she doesn't want to leave. It's like wow. <laughs> but but it's it's like this is so not me, but I I feel like I could I that could be me in this in this circumstance, you know. Like maybe it could. Yeah, well, we're, we're all gonna be sound. different people when the giant planet is gonna come hurtle yeah, us all. You, yeah. you don't we don't know what we're gonna react like. Yeah, that, that's true. That's true. Or like she go, she goes on the whole adventure <laughs> for the toner and it's in the building. Yeah. <laughs> and it's in the building, yeah. That's good too. Delaney, last thoughts on Carol and the End of the World. I really enjoyed it. I really, I, I like the aesthetic of the show. 
And I just, I really enjoyed it. And I'm glad you guys watched so that we could podcast on it. Yeah, no, I just, I really enjoyed it. It was kind of like a comfort show. And also it's not too usual that I take initiative and watch a show and then I bug the hell out of Dylan about it. Yeah, I don't, you watch this right away. That never happens. And I was like, Dylan, Dylan, have you watched it yet? Dylan. And so, no, because I've been excited for it to come out and, uh, it was different than I that I had expected. I don't know really what I expected, but um, I really enjoyed it, though. It's interesting that you say it's a comfort show because it's like very uncomfortable things happening. But I, I feel like there's comfort in feeling seen in various aspects that are not typically yes. seen. Also, you know? it's like, I don't know, like nothing really awful happens. Yeah, true. Other than the fact that the world's ending. But that's like that's like a background issue. <laughs> I don't know. I just I just enjoyed it. I just thought it was I don't know. I guess as someone who all like as someone with a lot of anxiety about like the state of the world watching a show like this was kind of cathartic. Maybe I should email my therapist about it. No, but I, but that's that's how I feel about like apocalypse shows, honestly. There's yeah. something cathartic about not having to deal with I just don't like society. Zombies. I don't like zombie apocalypse. Yeah, a lot of them are zombies. That is that Yeah, is it's a big turn off for me. I don't like zombies. <laughs> very sad and like i feel like with apocalypse shows like there there is often the idea of like we have to band together to protect ourselves or to make it out but like this is a different kind of like we're banding together because like that's what feels natural to us like we there are other people who are just going on their own and they're fine but like, what if I just want to have friends to have regular conversations? Go to Applebee's. Like, it, it just it feels so much more low, lower stakes, but like attainable to current self than like what other apocalypse shows would do with these particular themes. So like, I think that helps to make it feel like also, a, a cozy I like, show. I need to find something to occupy myself because I'm gonna die in eight months. So like, <laughs> I need something to do until then. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I think I agree with that. And Alex, any final thoughts? Yeah, just just said uh, I I think I hope we've uh, we've communicated well why uh, this show in particular feels so different from a lot of the um, adult animation that's uh, that's out there. And I hope people get uh, give it a shot because like it, it's it's a unique flavor and one that I think uh, ca- uh, comes at a very. Uh, a very useful time for for a, a lot of us, um, and it, it's just nice to have this uh, counterpoint to maybe some more um, uh, cynical dystopian uh, stuff that's uh, that's out there in the world right now. Also, make more weird shows. Like this is such a sure. weird show conceptually. Like just make more weird shows. It doesn't have to be like ha ha funny or like I don't know. Just make more weird shows. Yeah. No. I overall just love that this exists scavengers reign etc like the fact that in this terrible state of the animation industry that these weird shows are getting made is incredible um so so glad carol exists especially with like what it has to say um it is so unique um i think my recommendation to getting weird shows made uh would be make pitch them as a limited series because i think places like netflix just don't want to have to be pressured to green light a season two so i would say just well, like not, like what you you can't get anything made past season three these days anymore. you can't do it anyway like yeah. if you're lucky you'll get a season two so just make it a one season show just do your weirdest thing and they might just do go it all in so scavengers was also a market as a limited series right 
yeah, they, you got that feeling even though they say they want a season two. So uh, that's, next on my list after I finish Pantheon. What, what both great great choices. Neither, neither especially scavengers, not comfy. Um, but yeah, in yeah. A good way. <laughs> In a, a very different show is all great. I also want to say I, I felt the show was very melancholy, and I really like like melancholy feeling shows. Uh, Free Ren, Free Ren, the anime, uh, my other fave melancholy show. So I'm in, I'm liking this era. Um, and uh, even so, though it is, I want to be sad. Yeah, but it's you know not like straight depressed, but yeah. like wistful. I love wistful you yeah, know, kind of shows. Yeah, there we go. That makes sense. Yeah, that kind of melancholy. Um, and uh yeah i thought i thought it was great and uh something i think you might revisit too to to get this this feeling of what it has to say and how it kind of feels to watch this type of show so i think carol has a good chance of winning um our pro tag in um the o- the OVEs. yeah well we're not doing them but there's yeah she it would be a, be a hypothetical <laughs> Of 2023, I get because this was a, a it was last, last year. Show. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Carol, Maine, Donna supporting honorable mention, Louise. Yeah, there you go. They're all, all great. Uh, good stuff with the Carol discussion. Let us know what you thought of what we talked about, what you thought of the show, what you thought of some of any, any of the other shows we mentioned as well. Since we're not covering everything, you can also. Sound off there uh, in the comments at overlyanimated.com, youtube.com slash overlyanimated. Um, and what other shows like this should we talk about, etc.? Um, let us know. And you can consider supporting us at Patreon at patreon.com slash overlyanimated. Thanks to all our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Kent. And thanks as well to our patron executive producers, Steve, Michael, and Phonician. So... Yep, check out uh, other discussions. We've done at OverlyAnimated.com, not covering everything, but we've done some good stuff like Hilda and uh, Adventure Time, Fiona and Cake, and a lot of Ladybug podcasts. Check all that out at OverlyAnimated.com. Some more stuff coming up eventually here. Uh, And uh, I don't know. What's the next show like Carol coming out? I'm not sure, honestly. Yeah, I don't know. I guess they're pretty rare, these, these adult shows, so... We will, we will see. It's also stuff to catch up on. But yes, uh, thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.